we spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we are in my living room. Well, what will be my living room for about another two days. Yeah, that's fine. I have to, long story short, there's leaks in my, my lovely neighbors below, which I don't blame them, and they can't seem to find them, so they are moving us apartments, which I don't want to do, but I'll stay in the same building, but it's like oh, so much drama, so. What a yeah. Pain. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a health and safety thing, so I mean, I get that. I won't go too deep into it, but I'm not happy, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. We are sitting in Nick's living room, but we're still brought to you by Avance, Carter Automotive Group, Griot's Garage, Haggerty, Salvo Design, and York Real Estate. <laughs> uh, our brains are mush. Oh, God. We don't understand this. Dan and I both did a, a, a leadership arm this weekend or finished one up, and I'm just, I'm dead. I mean, we're talking, we did 12 hours Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we did another three hours last night, which would have been Tuesday. And I mean, I learned immense amounts. Of, I think I did. I don't know. It'll all hit me in a few days. But yeah, I learned more in the next two weeks. Yeah. So. <laughs> As I think. As I read all my notes and go, what was I writing there? (laughs) So uh, the next three weeks, we've got some wonderful, fun guests. Yeah, we're packed with guests here Packed guests. Everybody asks us, how do you guys come up with this stuff? And today's topic that we're going to talk about is towing, is, you know, the the language behind it, all the acronyms, things like that. And I want to be clear with this. Dan and I know enough to be dangerous. I I learned 10 times more from watching a video. But... I was driving here today, uh, driving back home, and there was a guy on the freeway that was had the weight. And we've all seen the, the photos or, or the little like treadmills with the car, and they show you like where you move the weight on the trailer, and then mm-hmm. the trailer whips around. This guy had the weight way too far forward and was going to cause an accident. I don't know if he did. I hope he didn't. And I instantly texted Dan. I was like, I got an idea for an episode. <laughs> so we're going to talk about towing. But first, we want to talk about our Carter Subaru tip of the week. Yep. Carter Motors. Carter Subaru. Motors. Carter Motors, right. yes. So it's cold. <laughs> yes, it is. It's really, really cold. And if you're like me, you're still building your shop or you're working in a not fully insulated garage and you need to heat it up. Well, those little 1,500-watt ceramic heaters, which are the most you can put on a 110-volt outlet, is 1,500 watts. If anything more than that, you'd be 240. Yeah. So but most people don't have that option. They don't have 240-wired heaters ready to go in their garage. So they go either with one of these little tiny ceramic heaters and they close the garage as much as they can. Or... <laughs> Or, and that's where they find them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the little ceramic <laughs> electric ones are fine. You're not gonna you're not gonna die with one of those on. They're far safer. But if you're in a hurry, or you're working in an outdoor space, or you have a very large space to heat up, you yeah. would probably go with a natural gas heater or propane heater. Propane heaters are super popular. We use them all the time at our events. And yes, I use mine in the garage all the time. And before you, what? yeah, and before everybody thinks that guy's an idiot and he's going to die, it's because I vent my garage when I do it. Well, I mean, <laughs> the fr- first phrase is not, not true, but yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. still here. So it, it, we must not be that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to give a little uh, heads up and using propane heater. Propane heaters obviously burn propane, but they also burn oxygen and you can't smell it and it just burns all the oxygen out of the garage and it's a good way to die in your garage. And so as I've seen people do this and I've encouraged many people to buy the Mr. Heater propane heater because it's a fantastic heater. Is it Mr. Heater? Yeah, yeah it is Mr. Mr. Heater. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Many different models and like I said, it instantly heats up my shop and my garage, even in a very big space. 
but you have to vent that space. The only downside we've ever found is that because when propane comes out of the bottle, it super freezes the bottle, and it will literally freeze to the ground if you're not careful. Yeah, if it's outside, it'll freeze yeah. directly to the dirt. So we always have to put it on something or raise it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that said, if you're in a smaller garage space, get an electric heater. If you're in a large shop, yeah, a propane heater is great. Just make sure you vent it properly, and which should go without saying, but uh, every, every year in the news, we see somebody who did it. I mean, times get tough. People don't have a lot of options sometimes or they think oh it's it's fine i can't smell anything i don't smell the gas it's not that bad in here yeah it's burning all the oxygen out and you're gonna fall asleep in your garage look at all the birdies yeah (laughs) which is tragic most people uh, sadly just fall asleep be working under their car and next thing you know it they are sitting on that creeper forever so yeah we don't want you to do that and we've seen the stories going around especially would that that be the grim creeper the grim creeper oh that's a good one bad that's a dad joke and i'm not (laughs) such a (laughs) good one though yeah i know yeah (laughs) i liked it yeah yeah but anyway that's your carter super tip of the week if you're gonna heat your garage in a tiny space get a little tiny heater a little 1500 watt it works. I mean, that, yeah. that place you had in Kirkland, and it was a bigger garage, and, and we turned that, that heater on, and it would heat it in there in no time. Like, yeah, like 5, 10 minutes. The yeah. whole thing's heated. You <laughs> just like, pop the window, sweating. pop the side door, about 8 to 12 inches of the door, yeah. and then you just turn it off and close the door. Oh, so and, nice. Yeah, it'll, it'll heat it up to like 90 in there. Yeah, big time. But yeah, you said uh, earlier you were correct. We were talking about towing. Towing. <laughs> towing is um, what we're talking about. And this is, we're not going to get into the, the deep stuff as far as like huge trailers and things like yeah, that. And goosenecks. goosenecks and stuff like that. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, probably what, 10 to 13, maybe 20 foot trailers that are, and people are hauling bikes and things like that. And it's not just about towing. We're going to do our best to come through with these acronyms and, and be clear as we're talking about this. But when you're looking at towing, the one thing you need to think about is not just the weight of the, of the things you're towing, the trailer you're towing. You also need to think about the people in your car, the gas in your car, and the people's stuff in your car, which is something I did not think about until we started looking at this today. And you see it because people will be going down the highway. They've got a big Dodge truck. They're towing a trailer with side-by-sides, and it's hurting, and you're going, well, what's going on there? Well, they got motorcycles in the back of the truck, which they didn't count for. they got five people in the truck. They've got all the luggage. So Another thing I want to really think about this is with boats. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to overload yourself with a boat, especially because you're typically taking a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got a you know 20-plus-foot boat, <laughs> that's going to be... 4,000 pounds, and a lot of people undersize. I mean, your brakes are one thing, but uh, you had five people in there. What gets people with boats is when they're trying to pull boats out of the water. Yes. Uh, That's entertaining. And, you know, how many cars that go underwater. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's go through these acronyms. Uh, We've got a great little list for you that explains exactly what they mean and how you can think about them. So do you want to start with the first one? So the very first one is GVWR, which is going to be Gross Vehicle Weight Rating. This is the maximum loaded weight of a vehicle. So basically, this is if you had fuel in the car, all fuels, people in the car, all the stuff that I was talking about, and you're, you've got a trailer behind you and what's on the trailer. This would be the number that would add up to everything. So let's say I had 5,000 pound gross vehicle weight, which is low. And that means that I have to take in the weight of the truck. I have to take in the weight of the people. I have to take in the weight of my trailer. I have to take in the not weight the trailer. of... Not the trailer, but the... Uh, no, it's because you're towing the Taylor weight, aren't you? That's the gross combined weight rating. Okay, so see, I already screwed this up. So <laughs> gross vehicle weight is the 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 vehicle, the passengers, and the cargo. Okay, yes, you're right. That's correct. Okay, you yeah. do the first one. No, <laughs> no, I, I got that confused. Okay, so yeah, the gross vehicle weight, and I will say that again, is the maximum loaded weight of a vehicle. So that's gas and people in the car and, and everything like that, and anything you may have in the bed of the truck. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. The next thing well, is, huh? So there's, we'll talk about that. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> there is also a rating for the payload. Yes. But anyway. 
is the gross combined weight rating. This, I think I can go back to my first statement, combines everything. Yes. Okay. This combines the trailer, what's on the trailer, what's in the truck, people in the truck, fluids, all of that. Yep. Okay. Uh, After that, you have gross trailer weight, and that is the trailer and its cargo. Simple as that. Uh, You have the, this is one I did not know, is tongue weight. So basically, this is, when you think of the trailer tongue, that is where the trailer connects to the ball and hitch on the back of the the total, and that is the total weight on the coupling point. And this is calculated, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, it's 10% of the weight of the trailer or the trailer and what's on it. It is the trailer and what's on it. So if I have 1,000 pounds with trailer and and everything, then there's 100 pounds of tongue weight. weight. Almost every time. It can be up to 15% if you have... um, Depends on the angle of how it's attached and where the axles are. But it's basically almost always like 9-10%. Like 99% of the time, it's about 10%. Yeah. Uh, And you have your curb weight, which is your vehicle by itself with nothing in it. And, I mean, no cargo. uh, No fluids too, right? uh, No. uh, No. That is the dry weight. Okay. That's dry weight. Okay. Curb weight is when when people ask you how much your car weigh, almost everybody, what they mean is the curb weight. If you drove it up here and got out of it and you had no stuff in it, this is a... Curb weight is basically the, the most important thing you want to think of on like a track day. That's the curb weight. You pull everything out of your car except for the essentials. That's your curb weight. And the dry weight is minus fuel. I think it's also my, I think it's minus fluids in general in some cases. I thought it was fluids in general. I think it's yeah. fluids, yeah. And so dry weight is just the vehicle with no fluid. And then those are the weights. The next thing we're going to talk about is balls, Nick. Balls and shafts. I told you not to talk about that on the, okay. Well, hitches. Hitches, not shafts. Yeah, but you want to talk about shafts. <laughs> William Schaffner. That's right. <laughs> okay. Boldly go. <laughs> okay. All right. So trailer hitches come in basically five classes. Okay. So your standard class one, your little subcompact car, which you want to put like a, a bike rack is a popular thing to do that. Or even a really tiny trailer for towing a spare set of wheels to the track. I've seen that before on sports cars. If you're ever wondering why you might see a sports car with a trailer hitch, no, they're not making many runs to the dump with their Harbor Freight trailer. They're probably taking their spare tires to the track or and a compressor and a little tiny bit of gear. I, I love the idea of that, and we've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I always always wondered, it's like, even though it's, it's you're adding something, you're adding weight to the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you'd almost have to take the, the trailer hitch off when you get to, like the whole hitch off the car. So if you're going to take it to the track and race it, because that's extra strong weight, extra weight on yeah. hanging off the back of the car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks yeah. cool though. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. Fair. All right. Well, your standard class one is and class two both share the same receiver size, and that's one and a quarter inches. Uh, class one is one to two thousand pounds, and class two is two to thirty five hundred pounds. Tongue weights between one hundred and five hundred twenty five pounds. But uh, subcompact cars, compact cars, like your Prius, you want to go. With your little Harbor Freight trailer, I don't know. I've seen that before many times. For some reason, Prius has come to mind because I see it on them a lot. But if you if you have a really tiny car and you still need something to tow, you can move. You can you can still use a small car with a small trailer for your Home Depot run, for your washer and dryer, or to get a lawnmower. Like those are perfect things, or a small motorcycle even for a tiny hitch like you that. You just got to think about the fact that you're, there's going to be consequences if you put too much weight in a car like that. You're going to have transmission issues. You're going to have axle issues. Yeah, you got to be so, real careful yeah. with your weight on a very small car and braking issues too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's never really a good idea to put a, a heavy load on a small car ever. <laughs> I hit the brakes. We just kept going. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah exactly. That makes sense. So. Yeah. Bringing all that, you know, bringing the gym home. Yeah. 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 That's it. It's, it's, like I said, great place to have a bike rack in the back of your car. That's the most popular, and that's by far the best way to transport bicycles, in my opinion. Can I put my bike in your trunk? <laughs> <laughs> 
the next uh, the next two class three and class four that's 3500 to 12,000 pounds trailer weights and those are both with two inch uh, receiver sizes so you're going to find those on small trucks light trucks even a lot of early half tons are going to have class threes most are going to be class four now almost everything's going to be class four until well, actually actually take that back most of the new half-ton trucks are going all the way to class five now, which is pretty impressive. But you can get a step-down ball, like you can yeah. get you can get a class four hitch and a class four insert, but the ball is a class one. If you wanted to tow something light, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, you could swap yeah. swap the ball out. Like I do yeah, with they, my Harbor Freight trailer. They spin or whatever, right? Like Correct. You, yeah, okay. yeah. I Got think it. I think my Raptor. I don't know if it has a four or a five on it. I think it's a four. Hitch. Okay. And which has a lighter, much lighter tow uh, tow rating than the F-150, the standard F-150 because of the suspension. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, uh, the next one, of course, Class 5. That's 10,000 all the way to 25,000 pounds. And trailer uh, tongue weight of 1,000 pounds all the way to 4,000 pounds. And that'll come in 2-inch ball, 2.5-inch, or even 3-inch ball. So the main thing to remember with those is, like, if you look at a truck like an F-150, okay. and you're like, I got a 13,000 pound tow rating on my B6 F150 which is pretty amazing. Got to give got to give him some credit there for making a turbo that'll pull that much. That said you got to be really careful where you place your weight. You've got smaller brakes which is probably my biggest concern. You don't want to exceed the tongue weight. Even though those like a standard half ton size truck is the same size as like a 1 ton truck back was 20 years ago, still just be real careful with the smaller trucks. There's a big reason dualies have such high tow ratings, and typically bigger brakes. Yeah, bigger brakes, and yeah. two wheel drive will almost always tow more than tow more than four wheel drive. But you're going to want rear wheel drive, two wheel drive, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so like a front wheel drive vehicle, especially when you're yeah. towing, because you'll have more of the weight over the rear of the car. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of any front wheel drive vehicle that's on a frame, unibody. They're all. I can't think of any front wheel drives that are current current production vehicles. There's a lot of older ones when front-wheel drive came out. I'm trying to think if there's anything front-wheel drive that has a full frame anymore. No, because most front-wheel drive... Well, what about the... Oh, unibody. The Ridgeline. That's not... No, that's unibody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because everything front-wheel drive, I think, is sports cars. and Or not sports cars, but, you know... Commuter, commuter cars. Commuter sports. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, worth looking at okay. that. Okay. Interesting. Listeners, if you know of a front-wheel drive car on a frame that's still being produced, I'd love to know. Even if it's not in the U.S., I wonder if there's something out there. There's got to be a market somewhere for that. Anyway. I would think there would be more. It would be on a it would be on a subframe, and then there would be, like the front would be on a frame. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, most crossover SUVs are one, two, or three. Like I said, almost anything unibody is going to be a three and lower. And it's pretty impressive to see a, even a unibody vehicle with a class three. There's a few of them out there. Uh, I think seven row passenger. I think, I think it's a Highlander. Maybe it's Toyota Highlander. I think there's there's a few out there that have class three though. They can actually tow quite a bit with a unibody. Cars are getting pretty strong these days. You want so, them to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's, there's, like I say, I think most of the time when you're going to see, like, you know, I, I, t- I was talking about putting the hitch on, on the new, on the new, I almost said Crosstrek, on the new <laughs> wilderness, but it's only good, and and I wanted to do it literally because I wanted to put Rain City has a, a motorcycle rack. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> Carolina squat how that well that would work. <laughs> like, I put like, I mean, I think the monkeys would work, but I think, I mean, that was squatting in your truck. Yeah, even the we Raptor. Two I was, monkeys on there was squatting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I used a double double motorcycle carrier. Yeah. It's monkeys. This is not. Yeah. Like big bikes. Two hundred and some pounds. No, not even two hundred pounds. Yeah, I think no. they're, they're two hundred pounds. No, they're not. Yeah. I've picked them up. All steel. Oh, I know they're all steel. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they're not heavy. I'm just okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're about two hundred pounds. So it's about four hundred pounds on the hitch. Well, then I'm stronger than I thought. <laughs> pretty, pretty far. On not the on end the hitch, of... but it was like leveraged out there too. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You want to, it, you want to pull a trailer when you're doing something yeah. like that. If I had a bigger truck or like a dually or something, it wouldn't squat the rear at all with the monkeys. But those dual motorcycle hitches, even though they'll fit and they aren't exceeding the tongue weight, it just puts it so far back. Yeah. It probably does. When you calculate leverage, if I did, you know, actual math, <laughs> it would probably exceed the tongue weight if I'm thinking about it. Anyway. Uh, the next we thing do, we do hypothetical math here at Rain City Supercars. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the next thing we're talking about is wiring. Luckily for us, there's pretty much only two left. <laughs> yeah. There used to be a bunch of messy trailer wiring situations. <laughs> now yeah. there's just four pin and seven pin. And you typically have a seven pin. That's the round one, by the way. Seven pin is the round one. Most vehicles have both. If you have a tow package, almost everything with a tow package has both, or it comes with the seven to four pin adapter. With and most drop. of them will be wired if it's not there. Like it, you know, yeah, you yeah. have the wiring right there. If you have the wiring back there and you don't have uh, a receiver receptacle, you probably have the, the four pin right behind it tucked away. I had a buddy of mine back in high school and stuff like that. He worked at U-Haul, and they would, they went through that. They had these really cool racks. They'd back them up. The back of the car would come up, and he would zip through putting those. I mean, and they had universal wiring harnesses like they did for stereos and stuff. They would put so many of those things on cars every day. He made so much money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, four pin flat connector is basically you have lights. And or in surge brakes, so a lot of boat trailers, even though they might be big, even like twenty foot boats, might yeah. only have a four pin connector because oh. all they're operating is lights. The, 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 we'll talk about brakes after this, but if you have electronic trailer brakes, you have a seven pin connector. Uh, if your truck is pre wired and you see a, a round connector in the back of your truck, chances are you have a trailer brake controller under your dash somewhere, and uh, you just or you're like, what are these little slider things for? Those are your trailers. and trust me, I mean, you, you need to check your trailer wiring. I mean, when Dan and I built the Harbor Freight trailer, it was. <laughs> You know, it's one light worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's great about that <laughs> is it tell it, my truck told me. Did it really? Yeah. My truck had a warning on the dash that said, uh, you're dumbass. You put your trailer together wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but luckily I had a wiring kit with me. It was yeah. just, it was just the, the connectors were loose. Okay. Just so we're clear. We aren't stupid. And the Harbor Freight instructions sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they do. The Harbor they literally took, they, they did one of those exploded things where they showed the trailer and it exploded it. You can't tell what parts were where. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool that the truck told me those like trailer brake wiring or trailer brake light malfunction. It didn't tell me which one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, the next thing, brakes. There's two kinds of brakes basically on trailers. I always assumed that most trailers didn't have brakes or like we were talking about earlier. Well, you and I were about boats and the fact that they have the they're basically a compression that as the weight shifts on the trailer it pushes the brakes but there's actually you can lock up your trailer brakes if you've got too much of them on yeah correct? so okay. yeah you have those are called hydraulic surge brakes okay. you're going to find those on especially on boat trailers because they go underwater all the time and therefore there's no electronics to maintain i mean just the lights the lights are pretty easy to seal up but yeah. uh, trailer brake wirings and you can you'll still see it on big trailers and higher quality trailers but your standard boat trailer typically has uh, i would say 18 foot plus boat newer boat that's not like a, a bay line or something but like a surf boat even a small surf boat's gonna have typically surge brakes on it just gotta be, yeah i was gonna say because the, the, they weigh a lot and they all go on their water like there's yeah. that yeah okay it's just super super easy to maintain and the way they work is there's a compression in the hitch and as you slow down that weight naturally moves forward and presses on the hitch and therefore it activates the surge brakes okay now if you're too heavy on your brakes you're gonna lock up your trailer brakes happens all the time and so you want to be smooth being really smooth with the trailer, especially with surge brakes, is really important. It's kind of jarring. I've done it many times because I had I towed a boat for years. And the first time you lock up with trailer brakes, it kind of freaks you out. 
but uh, if you, I mean, you have to emergency stop sometimes. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Even with a trailer, somebody it's going to pull out in front of you, even though they see your giant truck in a massive boat trailer, they'll be like, I'll go out in front of this guy. <laughs> Good idea. He'll stop. It's yeah. fine. It'll, and it'll uh, lock up the rear brakes pretty easy. He's Here. got a headache rack. It'll stop the boat from coming yeah. off the trailer. No. <laughs> Yes. Uh, also, renter tra- rental trailers. Almost all rental trailers have surge brakes on them because there's virtually no maintenance on them. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So if you're wondering, that's that's how they do that. So and then they don't have to worry about having vehicles with trailer trailer brake controllers. And if you have a trailer brake controller, we're going to talk about that right now. You have to set it up. Yeah. You don't just pl- you can just plug it in and run it. Like it's better than nothing. It'll still work, but it'll work hundred times better if you go through the steps. Well, I would assume that if you plug it in and run it, it's going to be on the lowest setting, like usually yeah. one through five. So if anything, they're not going to be working at all. Like, But if you plug them in and put it on five, you could be locking those things up and not knowing it, dragging the trailer down the, fr- the road. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So basically, if you have the seven pin around and you're, you have a brake controller in the dash, you'll see those little two sliding switches on there that move around on there. And then you have some adjustments on there that you'll see that work on your dash. So, and typically you can't access those until a trailer is plugged in that has an electronic uh, trailer controller and it recognizes it. Which is good because half the time yeah. those trailer brakes are like right by your knee and you could accidentally hit them. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how you set that up? I'm going to actually go through how you set this up and it's pretty simple now. New Did you sy- go through all of this when you took the Harbor Freight to... Uh, oh, totally. Call? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Harbor Freight trailer definitely does not have brakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, you plug in your trailer, you find an empty stretch of road, and you set the gain on the controller. It'll come up on the dash, and it'll recognize the trailer's plugged in. You want to start as about 5 is the baseline. That's the typical starting point. Okay. Um, and then you go to about 20 miles an hour, and you slowly start to squeeze the brakes, uh, squeeze the manual controller brakes. You can manually control the brakes on an electronic brake controller, so not the brakes in your truck but the brakes on the dash. If the trailer brake doesn't lock up, then you want to start increasing the gain by about one every time. So go five, six, seven. Oh, you want to go... I thought you wanted to go up in half increments. Uh, it depends who you ask. Right? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've done it in one, but I mean, it's not going to be a dramatic difference. Okay. But once you once you do lock up, and you do want them to lock up, you want to look out the back window. It's much easier with a passenger. And this is with the load on the trailer? because No. The, it isn't? This is with an empty load on the trailer. I thought, I thought you wanted to do it with the load. The, the, okay. I'm no, confused. No, this is the first time you set it up. Oh, the first time you set it, but okay. Yeah, this is the very first time you set it up. Okay, I'm confused. Because that's your baseline is the trailer with nothing on it in oh, the truck. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, then yeah. you just start increasing it by 0. 0.5. Or decrease. Uh, okay. you go, to, you go to your lock it up and then decrease it by 0. 0.5. I'm confusing you with go. my question for that. You're, you're <laughs> on top of it, yeah. Yeah, and then you just, yeah, like I said, so I think when I did it with my, I have done it once with my Raptor. Um, it was, I think I set it to like eight on the trailer I had. And then... I just decreased it to like 6.5, and mm-hmm. then it was fine. And then as I added load to it, it actually didn't have to adjust because I wasn't kind of that carrying that much of a heavy load. The thing is, you don't want to lock up your brakes on a trailer with a heavy load on the back. It can be a little jarring on the truck. <laughs> and you will, with the weight set, now you'll, you'll flatten some tires too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a ton of weight on it. Yeah. All right, so that's how you set up your brake controller. I would highly recommend you watch a video on it uh, from your manufacturer if you have a built-in one. There will be many different ways to set up brake controllers, but Ford has a video on it, Chevy does, Dodge does, and they're not really any different. I haven't found any major differences, but there might be a little trick on how to get through it on your dash. Dodge has got some great videos. In fact, we just kind of watched one before this. It was really, mm. it was good. Oh, there so, was a yeah. Dodge, yeah. 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 So does Toyota, actually. Yeah. And they have, I think even some of them have different presets. If you tow a bunch of different trailers, like if you've got cargo trailers for your company or you have you have your boat and then you have your cargo trailer, like for a car, you can set presets. Presets. You can, yeah, you can have, have one like trailer two. one, okay. trailer two, and it can be set up with weight. Kind of cool. Oh, you bougie. You got more than one trailer, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Ford one's insane. It, Is it really? Yeah, it's a... If, 
like the ha- video or the or the or the actual trailer brake system? No, the whole trailer system okay. on there is amazing. Okay, you have these. It comes with these stickers you put on the side of your trailer, and then you line it up with your camera, and you set the distance on it, and it will literally create an image behind the trailer. That's cool. Using the the cameras on the lo- underneath the mirrors. It will figure out what's behind you. It, it, yeah, it basically, basically zooms in, so kind of thing. Yeah, it basically gives you a view on your dash of what is potentially behind cool. the trailer. Not 100%, but like it's amazing to watch. Anyway, if it had a high-res screen, it would look better forward. Anyway. <laughs> what's thing was, up with that? Like, the, the, the screens are incredible. Like, screens are garbage. I'm going to start out. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Anyway, should we talk about the next one? Okay, so the next thing you need to do is to make sure that you secure your trailer. You can never check these enough, and I think that's what the one thing they, they emphasize enough in the fact that, so you're going to, you know, basically you're going to back the car, the truck up in, or car up to the ball. You're going to lower the, lower the vehicle. You're going to lower the trailer onto the ball. That's the first thing you should do is you should lock that ball on there. Before you load your trailer. Before you load your trailer. <laughs> before you, you know, a lot of these trailers have, have tel- I don't, is it not telescoping, but the legs go, the, the holding leg the trailer spins. Jet. Yeah, it spins. Some of them, you crank them all the way up. Some of them, they actually spin to yeah. be horizontal. Okay, make sure it's when it's empty. Because if you, so many times, and I've seen people do this, where they think the, the trailer's on the truck, and then it's empty, and they drive something onto the trailer, and then the trailer comes off the truck, and then it goes into the back of the truck. Yep. <laughs> so this is a big thing. But, you know, these are your main things. You're going to want to make sure it's locked on there. You're going to make sure the leg is up. You're going to want to make sure your safety chains are on, and you're going to want to make sure that you're, you're Trailer brakes and or electro wiring are plugged in. Okay, check it 40 times because it's not going to hurt. Then load the trailer and check everything. I know a lot of people aren't going to get this, but if you've ever been horseback riding and you put a saddle on a horse and, you, and it's tight and then you walk away and you come back, it will be loose because that <laughs> horse will bloat because it doesn't like tight. You need to check all of your straps on your trailer multiple times. And that includes after you leave, before you leave, after you leave, mid-trip, everything. This is the most important thing because loads will shift, bands will stretch. Yep. Especially if you're using Harbor Freight straps, they stretch like you wouldn't believe. But th- it's important to really, really do a full walk around of the truck. And part of that walk around is you need to be making, looking at the lights on the trailer. Make sure the lights on the trailer Turn work. Turn on your flashers. That's Turn on your flashers. Make sure the air, you got air in your tires. You don't have any issues. A lot of times people have these old trailers and they're rotted through, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trailer, rotted trailer tires are a big thing because people don't use their trailers year-round. They just sit. Like mm-hmm. my Harbor Freight trailer has been sitting since October. I will use it relatively soon to, another, to do another dump run as, run as I start doing some demo in the shop but i need to redo the bearings i already know that because it's harbor freight and they lasted you know i put I mean, seven thousand miles i was gonna on say it. that was pretty good I and mean, they're 20 yeah. bucks so yeah. you know big deal but they it, will be the biggest pain in the ass to repack and get them out of there i bought a whole hub oh nice okay, it was never like mind. 25 bucks for the bearings like 30 bucks for a hub <laughs> seven dollars for the hub okay yeah yeah so i was like okay. i'll just put a whole new hub on there with bearings in it yeah let's talk about loading the trailer because this is where i see the m- people mess up the most even okay. on light trailers. People really neglect it on light trailers, but I can, speaking from experience and somebody who was lazy and didn't load his Harbor Freight trailer correctly, this makes a huge difference. I don't know. Huge difference. Yeah, okay. So you basically want a 60-40 split, which means you want to get it as close to starting from the center axle moving out. So if you have a lawnmower, you want to get it just a little in front of the axle and that's it. Like You don't want it in the very back of the trailer because it's easier to unload. You don't want it all the way in the front of the trailer unless you're packing more weight to offset it behind it. You want it in the middle of the trailer. And especially on really tiny trailers, everybody thinks big trailers and heavy weights. Well, obviously this makes a huge difference, but on little tiny trailers, if you have the weight all the way at the front or all the way at the back, 
those leaf springs, which are really crappy, are just going to bounce that trailer all over the road behind you. All over. You're gonna hit, Turns it into a bunny real quick, yeah. Yeah, and if you're going down I-90, for example, which is one of the most demolished highways in the country at this point, between literally between Issaquah and Snoqualmie, like there's rebar exposed at this point, you can bounce a trailer That's out of right. a lane. Yeah, okay. Literally, a really tiny trailer like that is, a heavy trailer is not going to move that much. A really tiny trailer is literally going to bounce out of a lane. <laughs> it's nuts. If you're like changing and, and lanes there's as you're not, going, and there's not much of an angle there for when it bounces because no. it's going to be hitting the back of the truck. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like when I when I have the monkeys in the trailer, I have them; they'll fit side by sides, but I load them offset. I have one all the way uh, to the left in the middle and one to the right in the middle, and that is so they're all as much weight as I can is over that center axle. And at first, when I did it, I had them up front, and then I noticed that trailer bouncing behind me, and so. I had it off. I, I moved the, a couple of monkeys bouncing behind. Just, yeah, yeah, okay. And so I moved the fuel to the back and offset the weight. But when I got to McCall, I actually repositioned the tie down points in the trailer to offset to make the weight more even. Okay. So, yeah. I, and I and I have seen people talk about it. it's hard to get all the weight over the axles, especially yeah. if your axles are farther back and you you know you got a longer trailer. And there are those trailers. Trailers are most supposed to be built where the axles are in the middle, but a lot of times they're not. And you've got to, it's it's tough to balance the weight, but specialty trailers for specialty equipment. If yeah. you have a trailer that's designed for a certain piece of equipment, like a backhoe, when, and you can tow a backhoe, plenty of vehicles can, you will find that that trailer may not work very well for other things because it's designed specifically for a backhoe where the weight is a certain position on it the trailer the and it's is, yeah. meant to be loaded a certain way. Okay. So think about it that way. Like, oh, I can just use my backhoe trailer for your car. Well, you're going to have to park that car farther back on the trailer for it to just be loaded correctly. I, I hate to say it, but um, trial by error, I mean, learning how mm -hmm. to do this, you will. I mean, the first time you load a trailer or you put something on a trailer, drive it around your neighborhood or, or load yeah. it up, you know, go out to an, an empty neighborhood and see how the truck performs. You're going to know real quick because sometimes it's hard. You look at, you, you put a car on a trailer and you go, okay, but where's the weight? Because the engine's in the front of the car, you know, but, so, but it's the back, how, you know, so it's, it's tough, but yeah, you know, we've all screwed it up. As long as you get it pretty close, even if you're a little off, you're going to be okay. That's yeah. the main thing. But the, it's just really good things to consider when loading a trailer. If nobody told you, you probably didn't know. And that's not uncommon. Not a lot of not a lot of people tow trailers until they're in their probably 30s or 40s sometimes, if well, ever. And that's not like a part of the driving test. No, it's. I mean, they don't teach you that stuff. And and somebody at the dealership will gladly sell you a giant Dodge Dually and be like, "Sure, go ahead and tow whatever you want." <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to learn somehow, and hopefully, it's not when your trailer's flipped over on the side of the road. I'll tell you, that's something too. And you got to watch for that. And I will say this: this where this is getting a little out of it, but if you're towing a big a big like you know toy hauler things like that you know you're going through the gorge winds are an issue oh yeah i mean weather can be an issue i, I just want to say that you know i've seen it many a times happens to 18 wheelers and they're they're they know what they're doing but it's tough so yeah well i mean wind becomes even more of an issue when your trailer is not loaded correctly because then it starts to whip in the wind and if your trailer is loaded correctly it'll it'll reposition itself but if it's not, it'll... I'm not, I'm not it, singing with my hair back and forth. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Dan's looking at me all seriously, and I'm over here. Yeah. Okay. That object in motion tends to stay in motion. Yeah. And then it, uh, yeah. Until it flips over and tries to kill over. Grandma and the Prius yeah. next to you. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned one more thing about checking the trailer. Typically, I, I do two things. Like, I usually have the trailer all loaded up and good to go. And then I drive to the highway and stop and check it again. Yeah. <laughs> because there has been a few times that, I mean, I have had things come loose I just thought we're secure. I've checked my, I check my straps, check my lights. And Ratchet just give it straps one. come loose. Always find a safe place to pull over off of the freeway, you know, get out of the way. But it's important to check those things. Like I said, many a times I've had loads and I'm like, oh, I'm like, that thing is so strapped down. And you get, 
30 miles away and you come out and it's like flapping in the wind. So, yeah, yeah, I usually find it to be with when I'm towing, not vehicles like cars, but motorcycles, side by side, snowmobiles, things like that, that have really active suspension. Yeah. They, they bounce because they move with the, the suspension moves with the road, not just on the trailer, but also on the motorcycle. That motion is transferred from the trailer to the motorcycle. And then as they come up and down, those straps get loose and tight and loose and tight. If you're loading a bike or something, have somebody on the bike and pushing down on the front because that way you will try to take a bunch of that travel out of those motorcycles, quads, things like that. Like Dan said, if you're just if it, the bike is just sitting there and you ratchet it down, there's still play in that in that suspension. And the first time you hit the brakes, even in the truck, that bike's going to go forward, that strap's going to loosen. Yeah, and for short distances, that's not that's fine. Yeah. For long distances, like say you're moving across the country or you're going a few thousand miles, you actually don't want to do that. It'll blow the fork seals. But I'm saying, could you lock it, strap it down, then undo the locks? That way it wouldn't... Oh, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you have a whole shot device, sure. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm talking, it's really hard to do on suspension. I've seen people do it like where they put a car on a trailer and they'll have people like stand on the front bumper, which will... Su- su- oh, yeah. Crush, that too. crush the suspension? That's not what I want. That's not the word I want. Compress the suspension. Thank you. Yeah. I knew it was a C word. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I typically use a ratchet strap on a motorcycle if I'm going a really long distance. It, like I said, if you put all that pressure down on the forks and you go a really long distance, you can blow your fork seals. And you typically want to tie it down. There's special tie downs for long distance. You can look it up at any motorcycle dealer. will tell you how. You can get a fork. If you have a motor, motocross bike, you can get a, a fork brace. It's literally a piece of plastic that fits between the front tire, the top of the fender, and it kind of wraps to the forks. No, I know exactly what it is. I'm wondering if that's how the monkey... My monkey got, that, that shot got blown. Mm, I don't think so. No, because it was like that from when we left. Yeah, but I mean, I, I did, I took mine all the way to McCall and back. But I'm just wondering if I, me or you, when we put my bike on there from here and drove it up to the middle of the state, if we ratcheted it down too far. I don't think so. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not Maybe. I'm taking responsibility. I was just saying, I wonder if that's what happened. So yeah. yeah. No. I don't know. I break the time. So <laughs> yes, that's half the phone. Yeah. Goes. We live in a world that knowledge is very accessible. I mean, YouTube obviously is huge. Oh, yeah. O- owner's manuals, anything digital you can get from your, your dealership. If you need to, I mean, a lot of these, these dealerships, when you buy a car, go back, drive back in and say, hey, can you teach me about this? Because, you know, when you're buying a new car, and I will say this just because I went through this, you don't, they don't have time to show you everything, especially when you're excited to get the hell out of the dealership. So, yeah. go back. They'll talk to you. It's their job. Yeah, <laughs> your best been, source is honestly the trailer, wherever you bought your trailer. If yeah. you bought it from a local retailer, but I'm talking when you were, you were talking yeah. about like the trailer brakes. Oh and, yeah, and yeah. Things if you like set up your trailer yeah. brakes. Yeah. yeah, anybody in service should be able to help you out with that. Yeah, if you have the trailer, it's it's really not that difficult though. Like I said, the manufacturers have done an exceedingly better job of making those really easy to understand. Yeah, watching it on my truck, I was like, man, I wish I had a trailer brake so I could set this up. It's pretty cool because <laughs> it has that. I have that trailer brake controller that will let you like you literally just turn it on the dash to turn the truck automatically reverses and parks it's nuts yeah my truck yeah a lot of trucks have automatic reverse systems now okay you put it in trailer mode and then it'll it'll literally turn the steering wheel for you because you get you you know you get backwards as you turn the trailer i'm i'm gonna say this i've told this to dan before um uh the nannies may be getting too good like, yeah <laughs> i mean i've been my new subaru i i left here this morning and I put on the cruise control and the steering and all that. Now I'm steering, but I did not hit my brakes. Like, I didn't touch my brakes until I was getting off the freeway. Like, I got from my house down to the freeway, on the freeway, and off the freeway coming into Bellevue. That's the first time I touched my brakes. <laughs> it drives for me. I love that car. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, it's funny because I have the same system on the Raptor and it works terribly because the suspension is so soft. Oh. And so when it tries to correct, it's like in the other lane almost that has to correct back. It'll do it, but it's not smooth at all. They don't actually, they actually revoked the, that's a good topic actually. Yeah. They actually took the option out of the new Raptor. They had it listed. The lane center? Yeah. The lane assist doesn't yeah. work in the new Raptor. It oh, didn't okay. work in the old one. It's terrible. I have. I feel like when my car centers itself in the lane, I don't feel like it's center. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm always like adjusting a little bit, but I mean, obviously, you know, the electronic eyes that are watching know better than I do. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you got a new Raptor and you have that option, they're offering you a refund if you opted for that. They're it's, just going to turn it off or what are they doing? What are they doing? I think it's just turned off and you get a refund for it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. They'll give you a full refund for that option. Interesting. It's funny, and this is a, a sub subtopic. I was I've obviously gotten really deep into the forums with the wilderness and stuff like that, but I'm noticing this is something. A gentleman was at the dealership, and he got and, and a, not a dealership here, and he ordered the extra alarm. And basically, the alarm was already built into the car. Yeah, but they just had to turn it on. <laughs> that was like like these cars. All these cars are coming with these options. You just you have to pay to play. Yeah, it's so weird to me. Like. <laughs> It used to be like, oh, do you want the alarm in your BMW? We have to put it in your car. But now, it's all in there. So That's funny. That's weird to me. Yeah. Anything else on towing? Oh, yeah. I, I did think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I was like, wait, <laughs> was no. Like, you're asking and answering the question. Yeah, sorry. I, I said efficient. it and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is illegal to tow a trailer. It is illegal to tow a trailer you can't see around. So if you don't have trailer mirrors on a vehicle and you're towing a trailer, you can get a ticket for that. Typically, you won't get it unless you get pulled over anyway. But uh, it's also illegal to travel in the fast lane on most three-lane highways here with a trailer. You can still pass. In the middle lane. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't. I just, I know, I, and I, I don't know why I always think it's a Dodge, but it, but I, it's, I, I associate it with Dodge. But those trailer mirrors that just like when they click and they fold out, I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's just they just rotate. Cool, yeah. It's yeah. just such a cool, like, like you know, somebody's, some engineer was sitting there being like, you know, if we just put a pivot point here, two types of mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It just flips out. It's really easy. Until you try to go through something and it's too wide. But yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you have a really long trailer, though, or you are. Know your trailer heights. Know your trailer widths. <laughs> know your trailer lengths. Swing wide. <laughs> swing wide. And know that when you're coming out, if you have a longer trailer and you're coming out of simple driveways, you know, you could be dragging. So, you oh, know. yeah. Boat trailers do it oh, all God. the time. Because yes. they have the, the prop protector. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is good, because you'd rather hit that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some of them have, like, really nice, really, really tough wheels on them, so they kind of lift the trailer up and let it glide, and some just go... (laughs) It's the worst sound in the world. Yeah, go to any boat dock, and you'll see what uh, (laughs) those prop prop, prop detectors will do, so... Uh, you know, if you have if you have questions, uh, don't call us. Jeez, uh, go to the internet. Um, we're gonna we're gonna post a couple of really good articles, a couple of really good photos that kind of describe some of this stuff. You know, we've always encouraged you go out and get to know your car. Like there is so much information that you don't realize that when you open your front door, the passenger your, your driver door on yeah. the door, everything from tire pressure. That's another thing, we, and we didn't really touch on it. Is, is making sure that the tire pressure on your trucks, your truck is is up to speed because you put more weight pulling off the back of that truck, it's going to push more pressure down. I mean, that's along the lines yeah. of the axles, but still. Yeah, we said, yeah. That's part of your, tra- that, but that should be part of your walk around is too. Not, your not trailer tires receive failure more often, but yes, you're correct. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually had to tell, I was telling a friend about that who had low tire pressure. You have other friends? Wait a minute. I'm not okay with Just this. like one. Oh my God. <laughs> she had a flat tire. She's like, how low pressure can I still drive on this? She had like seven psi. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's like you can't drive on that low pressure. Yeah. And just got to screw in the tire. She had AAA, so no big deal. 
You can't even rock crawl on that. Ah, you probably, oh, yeah. I mean, if you had if you had locking, you can drive a couple feet. <laughs> I was like, no, you no, can't. You don't can't do drive that. with that don't low. It's that, like you'll yeah. ruin the tire. And it's like you obviously have, probably have something in the tire. So, called AAA, got it aired up, got a screw removed, but uh, then bought an air compressor that I told you to buy. So, <laughs> I was like, get this, put it in the back of your car. Even a dirt cheap air compressor. <laughs> Here's our list. Read it. Buy yeah, it. Have a nice like, day. there you go. She's like, can, is it easy to use? I'm like, yep. Plug it in, turn it on, air it up. Somebody asked me, like, you know, all that stuff you guys talked about, like, are you guys, like, hooked up with those companies? I'm like, no. We said it, like, this is just the crap we use. Yeah. No, I mean, we have spent a lot of money on tools. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we owe those people money. We don't, we're talking about them, so, yeah. A few of them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps it up. I mean, yeah, I think you, it wraps yeah, up towing. We've uh-huh. got, uh, what do we got coming up on the old uh, Avance? A lot of stuff right now. The women's stuff has taken off. I've been really happy with that. Good to see that. Nice to see it becoming normal. Thanks, Chrissy. Yeah. Next event coming up. Uh, Thanks Carter- for making women normal, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. Sorry. Yeah. She's going to smack you next time she sees you. That's uh, okay. So is Michelle. I've learned to Probably talk. Linnea, too. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's too nice. Yeah, that's true. She'll just glare at you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It, but that ten that gets to me ten times more than me yep. smacked. So yeah, okay. just the I'm disappointed in you, glare. Oh God, that I'm not hurts. mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have next? Charter member photo shoots, and then as the lady stuff we're talking about, Avance Ladies Grios Garage private collection tour and tech session, which you should definitely go to. Those guys are great. Down we there. talked about that. That's I mean, you don't realize what is hidden. If you if any if you ever have a chance to get on a private collection tour with Grios, be it with Avance or something through Grios or any other thing, go do it. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, it's a incredible facility. And then after that, uh, another tech section for everybody, Northwest Crafted Interiors. We've had those guys on the show. Mm-hmm. Amazing work. Definitely going to be worth checking out. You can see how much of an artist those guys really are. Well, it's Portland. Let's talk about Portland. Coffee okay. with Keith Martin and friends. That's going to be cool. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it. So Dan and I have known Keith for a long time. Yeah. Through Concorso. And I love Keith. He's a great guy. But I, I mean, I've, I have, I have worked and driven in cars with Keith, and there are t- every time I meet him, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. I was like, Keith, we know each other. <laughs> He's such a cool guy. He's so much good knowledge, that, and and the sports car market's such a great thing. So you really should. I joke about it, but he, we've known him for long enough that it's. I mean, yeah. if he remembered who I was, he'd think that was funny. We joke to his face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh God, yeah. He's great. I've told him that. We know each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The man meets so many people. I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. And then so. he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, then Avance Denver Tour, Farland Classic Restoration. So I need to get over there. I miss Colorado. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Monkey see run? S- yeah. Wait, does, doesn't Idaho dump into Colorado? Does Idaho go to Colorado? Uh, Idaho. No. No, it's Idaho, Utah, Wyoming. Oh, okay. Yeah. I keep, uh, speaking of which, anybody in Wyoming, the BDR guys, Backcountry Discovery Routes, just yeah. completed the Wyoming BDR. Oh, so wow. So that map like, is officially published. Oh, cool. It does not go through Jackson or Alpine. It's more toward the east side of the state. No, thanks. I know. I'm not too. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, we have people in Alpine and Jackson, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm sorry. We're, I'm sorry, Dan and I are scatterbrained tonight. I'm more than you. I'm all over the place because I'm trying to do seven things at once. But listen, this this month it's going to be great. There's a lot of f- cool stuff coming up. Oh, I have one more thing. I keep, oh. I keep thinking of one more thing. Okay, good. The F Sharp film that I did with Driven Motion comes out tomorrow, so it will be Thursday. So you guys we're will not, see. We're it. not talking about that. You guys will see that. You kept that from me, all because you signed an NDA and followed the NDA. <laughs> 
I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited. Like I said, the little bits of snippets I've seen are are really cool. And I have so, not seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen the film at all. Well, there's been like, I mean, I shouldn't say snippets. I should say photos. Like there's been photos. Yeah. You, yeah, that's, yeah. That's I've been snippets. reposting yeah. the stuff that the yeah. guys at Driven Motion who did the film with John Zubrick. You guys, they've done others too, but John Zubrick was a guest on the show before, so you know him. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I played the dad in that. I'm not an actor, so we'll see how it turned out because I have no clue. They said I did a good job. Uh, hopefully, Ferrari thinks so as well. So That's really cool. We'll have them on the show. We'll yeah. talk about that in a different episode. You guys will see it on Avance tomorrow. Like I said, this will be the day after that comes out. So I hope you guys, go to, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure if you're listening, you've probably seen me post it or it'll be on our channel, on our Instagram. I'll post, I'll cross post it there. But yeah, anyway. Cool. Okay, Dan, I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> No. You, you can add it in post. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. I think we're right. good. All right, good. All right. Oh, wait. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you really have me. I was like, what? Okay. What else? What else? Okay. Cool. Well, then we'll wrap it up for this uh, this week's episode of Rain City Supercars. As always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars.